The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here's Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 76th um, edition of the second stage. Can you believe that, Jeff? I, you know, I, I've always pictured myself as uh, just kind of having started this little project we have. Now, I think you thought you're going to be in TV by now. That's I'm that's not on right. TV? I'm not on TV. <laughs> you're kidding me. I thought this little like this little thing, like uh, I think on my computer, broadcast me across the entire uh, entire the entire country. Is that not true? No, that's not true. That's not true. Generally, there's a light on. I th- I think you thought you were doing like Mike and Mike in the morning or something. Oh yeah, that's uh. Well, we still we aspire for that. Anyways, it's it's hard to believe, Jeff. Uh, this is uh, the last time you and I just went solo on something like this was the very very first one. And uh, Barbara Hernandez, who runs this uh, this show, this office, and all of Evolution, she decided it would be make sense for you and I to kind of reminisce about the last seventy, I guess seventy four shows because one of the shows was just the two of us well and before we lose a ton of listeners who are concerned about you and i reminiscing (laughs) for the next hour we want to let you know that we're going to talk about really substantive things and that has to do with the five pillars which is our magic formula for adding value to the businesses that we invest in so if you want to hear the magic formula you're going to stick around for the entire hour How's they that? probably, if they've listened to some others, they know it. But but we are actually, as as we strive to be better uh, today than we were yesterday, and better tomorrow than we are today, I think we're going to find that we provided a lot more meat, a lot more detail around those five pillars, and we're willing to share that with everybody, Jeff. And and we would hope, uh, as much as we believe in it, that they will embrace it, run with it, and uh, and and you know, and and quite frankly fulfill their goals and visions and dreams the way we know they can if they just follow that little that pathway that uh, that uh, the destination and the little the, the tunnel with that big old light at the end of the tunnel so we'll we'll share that Jeff we're going to share that with that's, everybody again that's right and for those uh, listeners out there that would like to have their own copy of the five pillars of business freedom uh, you can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com we're happy to share it uh, we know it works. It gets uh, uh, reinforced constantly uh, that it does work. And in fact, I think that you'll hear as we talk about former shows that it constantly gets reinforced uh, in the shows uh, that we have on on the second stage. So uh, certainly email us. We'd love to share it. And uh, 75 shows, Brennan, it's, it's very exciting. And remember, the original premise of this show was really to create that forum for exchange of ideas and business best practices for small businesses around actionable advice. And your favorite segment 
passion for possibilities. Passion for possibilities. And, and our purpose, Jeff, the purpose of Evolution Capital, um, obviously, is to inspire entrepreneurs to create evolutionary businesses. And what we mean by that is, is inspire the entrepreneurs to fulfill their dreams and create evolutionary businesses, as we define as continuous learners, people trying to... Uh, you know, to find a purpose bigger than just making money. Making money is part of it. It's a table stake. But uh, finding, you know, creating an evolutionary business really is something that's a platform that can continue to grow long after the entrepreneur, if, if that's what they choose, if that's part of their plan. And really the, the forum, this, uh, uh, this, this radio show uh, or podcast has, has really been a fantastic vehicle in, in accomplishing that. It's amazing who, you know, who, we've met, who we've met and, quite frankly, the way we've been able to fine-tune our, our purpose and continue to hopefully add value to, uh, inv- uh, to uh, the, all the wonderful entrepreneurs out there. Well, just to give our listeners a few statistics here, uh, the show's been on since September of 2013. Uh, we have 75 original episodes. This would be 76. Uh, we've had about 75,000 listeners uh, during that time, and we've had 67 guests. We've had a couple repeat guests because of an important topic we want to revisit, or they were just very, very popular with, with our audience, and we want to have them back on the show. Um, and I think you would agree, Brendan, that what we get out of this uh, most is other than the learning is just spending time with very inspirational people, whether they're entrepreneurs, they're speakers, they're service providers, uh, lawyers, insurance folks, that sort of thing that are willing to share uh, with the community their particular expertise. And as we prepare for these shows, we get to learn uh, along the way. It's, and it also helps us kind of stay, you know, stay as focused as I can get. But I was doing some math in my head, Jeff. I know, you know, you're the you're the math guy. Seventy five thousand. That's a lot. So seventy five thousand. Then they are about an hour forty some minutes, right? I mean, that's that's a lot of time. That's a that's a lot of time. People have taken to listen to the wonderful guests we've uh, we've been able to 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 uh, share some time with. Yeah, that is that is a lot of time, and and I think you and I have been flattered uh, a number of times by people approaching us at a conference or uh, out on the street saying that they've uh, downloaded these shows onto their shuffle and they've gone jogging or they turned it on at the office uh, or uh, what have you. But that's that's very very flattering that people would take the time out of their busy schedule because everybody's busy to to learn. And to, in particular, listen to the second stage. If you step back and reflect, obviously the the the, the number of guests, the the repeat guests, the, the 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 networks that these people have, and how passionate they are about the community, and quite frankly, just the 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 support of the community. They're, you know, they're dedicated people, and uh, we've just been honored to to be able to. Quickly get to know them, get to spend a you know forty five fifty minutes talking to them, and and it really is uh, if we walk through our five pillars, really almost every one of those episodes, and I would argue every one of the episodes reinforces the pillars and provides more detail and more color, and it really does. Uh, it's it's a it's a neat it's a neat spot, as you and I say frequently. Uh, and uh, and uh, we have the best job in the world most days. I put most days because you know that's not perfect all the time, but. The people we get to deal with, not only from a partner company perspective, uh, but the people we get to deal with from you know the the community that supports the types of businesses that we invest in, it, it's uh it, you know it's exhilarating. It's like uh, it's like playing a, a great sport every day, and uh, you know you get you get to be part of a team that's you know striving towards a bigger goal. It's uh, it's uh, it's, a, it's it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I think about my time kind of pre-entrepreneurship when I was more of an institutional private equity setting, and it just lacked the passion uh, it, that you find with entrepreneurs. It just, it was a little bit more of what I call a sterile environment. Everything was scripted. Everything had already been well thought out and had been done before. And uh, there just wasn't relationships there. There was not the energy there that you typically find in an entrepreneurial environment. And uh, it, it is exciting for all the reasons that you said. But uh, um, my life is better as a result of it. And hopefully those people that listen to this show uh, feel the same way. And either they're already entrepreneurs or thinking about entrep- being an entrepreneur and uh being your own boss and doing uh, what you love when you get out of bed in the morning is uh, really makes life uh, a lot more enjoyable for sure. And Jeff, what is the one thing we always get to do on uh, on Mondays at five o'clock? We get to crack a Red Bull and uh, stick it back. And by the way, they are very <laughs> chilly today. I want to add that. So it's uh, it's been it's uh, one of those kind of kind of trademark things we've got going. And uh, I didn't I didn't disappoint at number seventy six. I am having a uh, sugar free. So I just thought I'd share that with you. I'm sure you are too, or have already had one. Well, we just have about one minute uh, here before our first break, but I, I did also want to remind everybody that we, as a result of this show, we have a lot of ways to connect with you, including we have a, uh, our Twitter uh, handle, which is at evolution underscore CP. Uh, you can join the discussion using the hashtag uh, pound the second stage or the 2ND stage, and you can certainly email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. I want to... Um, also, thank McGladry. Uh, they have been a wonderful supporter of ours along the way. Uh, we use them uh, extensively throughout our business, and to have them uh, you know, support our efforts here because they also support entrepreneurs and small businesses is a great thing. Uh, and just again to remind everybody that they are a leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people. In 75 U.S. cities, I had to check that because I've been saying it for the last two and a half years. <laughs> I'm wondering if it's changed at all. Um, and and well, they certainly have changed the name. I just called them McGladrian. Now I'm remembering that they're called RSM. But with that, we're going to take our first break here on the second stage. When we come back, we're going to start down the path of talking about the five pillars of business freedom, how they've evolved, and point you towards shows that we've done in the past that will. Uh, uh, that shows how the five pillars have uh, been reinforced on the show. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. 
Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the second stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. Uh, we're going to be referring to a lot of shows that we've put on in the last uh, 75 episodes. So I want to remind everybody how to download our earlier episodes. You can go to voiceamerica.com and go to their business channel, uh, or you can also go to iTunes, search podcast for the second stage, and you can download them uh, uh, as well. Um, and really uh, appreciate you, uh, again, being a part of the, the the second stage. It's something that Brendan and I have really enjoyed over the last two and a half years. And we're doing a little bit of an anniversary 75th episode. This is the 76th, but we've had 75 episodes. And uh, we're going to go back through and talk about uh, some of the things that we've learned and uh, and really uh, reinforce the five pillars of business freedom. Uh, we're going to get into this section. We're going to talk about the first two pillars. But before I do that, I just want to remind everybody what the five pillars are. The first is accurate and timely financial reporting. Number two is achievable and measurable strategic plan. Number three is aligned and experienced leadership team. Number four is transparency. And number five is accountability. And remember, if you'd like to have your own copy of what we're going to talk about today, you can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. So, Brendan, uh, kind of throwing it back to you, tell us why the first pillar, accurate and timely financial reporting, is so important and why we start there. Well, Jeff, I have a question for you first because, you know, I, I, I was just thinking about this. You know, one of the things that I think that when we start talking to our partner companies and anybody that will listen about the five pillars, you know, I think most entrepreneurs want to figure that it's something that they can get done tomorrow and that they can be, you know, they, they can start tomorrow and finish on Wednesday. And I think it's important to talk about that this is a that this is a journey and it's a it's something that 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 you're never really done with and you're never really tweaking. But once you start, once you have it, um, it's, it's just, it's transformative. You're, you know, it just makes things easier. You have more time. You can communicate better. It makes it, it just, it, it, it just, it, it's, 
it, it changes a lot of things. And it's something that we tweak and we spin and we, we always try to make it a little bit better, right? So, I, you know, there's, there's, it's, a, it's something that you're never going to get to the destination, but if you can get 80, 90% of the way, way there, it's just fantastic. So the number one you mentioned earlier is accurate and timely financial reporting. And Jeff, out of the you know four or five hundred businesses that we're that we get the pleasure to to see and talk to the entrepreneur, how many of them do you think have good financial statements? Almost none. Almost none. And and I know all the entrepreneurs out there are kind of saying that's not me, that's not that that's not me. But I can promise you, everybody we talk to originally says that they've got great financial statements and. And to them, they do because it's getting them, you know, enough information so that they can meet payroll and they can meet some of those things. But what what we mean by by great, accurate, timely financials, we're talking about building a process. Um, again, remember, processes and people, uh, a process by which generates these numbers and generates these numbers first and foremost within seven days at the end of the month. Quite frankly, we have financial, we have uh, some partner companies that can generate them at the end of the month. I mean, that uh, that they may have a couple small adjusting entries, but they have the process so well that they can, they literally have, they could actually do an income statement anytime throughout the month. And so we say within seven business days and, um, Jeff, why, I mean, maybe talk to, you know, why, why do you think that's important? I mean, why, you know, why is it, why seven days? Why, I mean, why, you know, why not, why is it, you know, a lot of people say I get them in 30, 45 days. Why, why is it important to get the information seven days? Well, I think timely information is is very, very important to making good decisions, and we'll get in a little bit into that in, into Pillar 2, but knowing where you are within the month uh, and knowing where you are just after the month end so that you can make good decisions about how to improve in that next month and prepare for subsequent months is is very, very important. I cannot stress enough to the entrepreneurs out there that that if you don't have good financial statements, and, and, you know, and you're at least a million dollars in in annual revenue, stop and do it. I we preach this all the time, and and, and you can find good help. You can, you know, especially if you're going to grow. And um, it's just it's just uh, you know we're working with um, well you know we're working with two companies right now that um, we it'll probably take us what Jeff two, three months to get the numbers in, in a good enough order that, that they're easy to understand, they're easy to explain to other people. Is that a, is that a fair guess? That is a fair statement. Both these companies uh, currently generate cash-based statements, which from a third-party reporting perspective, I mean, if you're taking money from an outside group or you have some outside partners, uh, doesn't tell the story that they need to to see when reviewing your materials. So evolution, just as a matter of policy, is not going to spend time uh, converting your cash-based statements to accrual-based statements. We we require that we, you... We tried it before. Do we remember, Jeff? That took us... Uh, <laughs> we, we tried that. It doesn't work out well. Six months, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, better part of six months. And uh, and we, we need to have the statements presented to us, as does every other uh, institutional investor out there, and any buyer that's going to buy your business have an accrual-based standards. Jeff, you know that I could talk, and probably you could talk on, on this number, this first part of accurate timely financial statements, but I want to move on because uh, you know, I'm, you know, I could take the whole hour to do that. How often, Jeff, when we get a financial uh, package projection historicals from entrepreneurs, do we just get an income statement and no balance sheet? <laughs> 80% of the time. 
it's unbelievable, people. I, I want to, I, I, I can just tell you one thing, and it took me a little while, as, as many, as many of you know, Jeff and I came out of the banking world, and I, you know, didn't fully understand what financial statements, you know, meant because we were just mostly looking at it from a banking perspective. The balance sheet, if your balance sheet is correct, by definition, your financial statements are correct, and so you know, to submit a financial statement, an income statement without a balance sheet, it doesn't do us any good, and. And I will tell you, almost, you know, way, I don't know whether it's 80, it's 50, but way more, uh, way, you know, way more often we get a projection without a balance sheet or with very little thought put into the balance sheet. So realistically, you know, the, the second step in great financials is to have, you know, a, a, a balance sheet income statement. And if you have both of those, you can automatically generate a cash flow. And at the end of the day, it's the cash that pays the bills. And so, you know, once you have those things and set them up correctly, you want to be able to compare them to the prior year, year to date, and obviously the the budget. And uh, and it, you know these these sound sometimes either one, one entrepreneur would say that you know that's kind of a that's obvious, but most of them think it's a waste of time. So, Jeff, how you know out of the people that come to us and have a great financial statements, a balance sheet, income statement, and a plan, all according to GAAP. Oh, that's right. They they would they would probably have their stuff together, and, and, and you know, I mean, how often how often do, does that happen to us? It never does. It almost never does. I would say I, I'm sure Barbara would be like, remember that one time? But it almost never does. So honestly, if, if you're if you're going to approach a group like us, you know, it's it's we'll help you. We'll you know we'll we'll show you the list. We'll help you kind of think some of this stuff through. But it's really really important. Jeff, one of the other things that that I want to move on to also is that the fact that we always talk about a dashboard and. You know, it, it's something, you know, that, that we ask of entrepreneurs and you would think that, again, that this is something that would be pretty simple and straightforward. It, it's, a, it's to put into a daily or a weekly report the key numbers that you watch every day. And, Jeff, maybe talk about how often do we have a company that comes that has a good dashboard. Uh, really never actually. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. And I'll, and I'll stop asking that question because I think Jeff knows the answer. Um, but, but realistically, you know, it, the dashboard can start off something very slow, very, very simple. I'm sorry. It can be cash. It can be receivables. It can be payables and you can monitor those trends. And eventually, I mean, we, uh, one of the greatest stories we have is, uh, one, one of the first companies we invested in. I remember talking to the entrepreneur just saying, you know, we, we got to get this dashboard. It's something that's important. It's something that helps you be transparent that we'll talk about later. And, uh, the entrepreneur's like, you know, you know what, I'll do it for you, but this is a waste of time. You know, two months later, the, the entrepreneur calls up and goes, wow, this is the greatest thing I've ever had. You know, people know what I'm talking about. They understand that, you know, kind of why I get worked up at certain points in time. And within six months of that, his dashboard got so complex. It was coded red, yellow, green. It got so complex, I was just like, oh, my God, you know, you, you've got to push that to a weekly dashboard. You just have too much information here. But really, the, the great, da- you know, great financial statements can lead to a great dashboard that can keep people fully up to speed on a lot of stuff. Hey Jeff, maybe since I've been doing all the talk and talk a little bit about you know kind of the monthly package and how and how that kind of ties a nice bow around about around having great financial statements. Yeah, I, I can do that. I also would want to refer our listeners to some of our earlier radio shows. We had a guest on our show a couple times by the name of Greg Crabtree. Uh, he has written a couple books on the subject, but it's really about simplifying. Uh, your financial statements for non-accountants and uh, and also highlighting 
within your monthly package, your weekly dashboard, uh, the, the, the data that you should be tracking for your particular business. Uh, we did shows with him. In fact, he was our first guest, uh, Greg Crabtree, on September 16th of 2013. And then we had him back in August of this past year, August 31st of, of 2015. And I would encourage our listeners to go back and download those episodes if you have any further interest uh, in the first pillar. Uh, the monthly package for a private equity fund um, uh, really, because we need to tie things back into a, a valuation for our investors. We're investing in the business at a particular valuation, and we, for our investors, need to track how we're doing relative to to those investments, um, the investment valuation. One of the important things in our particular strategy is that we know that we're making investments in front of the revenue curve, as we say, uh, to drive future revenues. So we're going to hire a CFO, we're going to hire a president or a VP of sales or whatever. And it changes generally for uh, every investment, but we're always having to hire professional uh, accounting and financial leadership because that's never in, in place as, as you're, you're hearing. Um, but we do make adjustments for that. So if we've hired a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of employees, that will be what we call an add back, you know, for a 12 month period of time, uh, for our evaluation purposes. Um, you may or may not want to do these adjustments yourself within for special projects that are truly one time. Brendan, let me ask you, how many times do we get uh, adjustments to people's EBITDA where they say they're one time, but they really probably occur every year? Yeah, all the time. And, and you know, and most people can understand that because or most people can justify it in their minds because they think it's, you know, like a bonus, you know, is something that didn't didn't, you know, is not recurring. But the fact of the matter is, if your employees expect it every year, it, you know, it's hard to justify as uh, something that's a one time expense. And there's other things like that. Um, but, but good point, Jeff. I, I, I think Jeff mentioned something very, very important here that that fundamentally when you when you kind of take on evolutionary the evolutionary process or evolutionary capital there are key additions that are made i mean we we know we almost always hire a, a cfo or a, or a real top end controller because it's you know this is stuff that typically isn't the best and brightest use of the entrepreneur is to generate this stuff I and mean, they've got to be they've got to know it they've got to love it they've got to embrace it but um it's uh, it's you know there are, there are people that are much better at generating this stuff than, than the typical person to start a business. Jeff, I realize I pretty much used the whole half hour talking about pillar one. <laughs> I was just notifying our producer that we're way off off uh, timing, but I I did want to get to the second pillar before we took a break, uh, which is achievable and measurable strategic plan. So. Just to keep our listeners in line, you know, pillar one is really about current and backward looking tracking of, of operational and financial performance. Pillar two around the strategic plan is really forward looking uh, in, in, in nature. So, Brendan, do you want to talk about uh, the, the strategic plan process? Yeah, and I think we, and again, Jeff, I think we have to step back and ask um, the entrepreneurs out there, what, what do you want out of your business? 
it, you know, people, I, I, I love EO and I go to these, these events and you talk to a young entrepreneur and they say, I want to grow, I want to grow, I want to grow. And then you dig in and say, well, why? And, and the fact of the matter is, you know, 90 some percent of, of entrepreneurs having a, a smaller mid-sized business that provides a great lifestyle and, and so forth is, is what they really, when you dig down, really, really want. And so I challenge any entrepreneur out there or any business owner to spend some serious time trying to figure out what they want. Jeff, I'll let you talk about some of the other episodes and some of the great resources there. So, you know, number one is to figure that out um, and then to build a, a plan around that. And if you build a plan, and we typically ask for a five-year strategic plan um, that, that literally gets into the, to the granular details on a, on, a, on a monthly basis going forward two years. So it really forces you to think about, you know, like Jeff and I do at least once a quarter with our team, how many, how many um, partners we want to bring on you know, from a partner company perspective how, you know, and, and how big we want, you know, how much cash we need to raise. And it really forces us to look at that on a, on a regular basis and quite frankly forces Jeff and I and the team to, to stay aligned. Um, Jeff, you have any more color on that first one? Uh, yeah, for for me, you know, we hear a lot of entrepreneurs say that they want to be fifty million in revenue, uh, but they haven't really thought through what specific actions are required to get there. And so, for me, a lot of what we help entrepreneurs work through is what inputs are required, you know, to get the desired outputs. And breaking it down into functions like that helps you or activities really helps you figure out how to build out your organizational chart and uh, get the resources required to get there and even whether or not you're you're realistic at all that you can get to 50 million dollars in revenue over a certain time period that's a great point that's a great point and 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 i think that when you really start looking at the inputs it it it's it's a brutal reality check. I mean, you think about how our plans have changed just once we looked at the impact or the inputs. It's it's pretty amazing. Hey Jeff, obviously in the you mentioned earlier that the that the dashboard in, in pillar one, it, you know, kind of was backward looking. Maybe talk a little bit about how the dashboard evolves in pillar two to be more forward looking. Yeah, and I think this is actually great work uh, done by you, Brendan, which was really trying to graphically show our partner companies really what we're looking for in predictive metrics. And the reason that the first pillar is so important is that it really sets the stage kind of looking back into history and helping you predict into the future. You're looking for trends and correlations and things like that. But the specific thing that we're talking about when we talk about you know predictive metrics is really the process of a whip report then a backlog and then a pipeline to us a whip report is a work in process and for a service business that might be you know two days or three days or let's call it a week if you have something uh, in process that means you understand that there's revenue associated expense associated resources associated with it so you in effect have a weak forward view in your business to create some predictive ability a backlog next to us is something that you sold but you haven't even started yet so it's not yet work in process for a service business that could be three to six months out Within your backlog, you have revenue, you have expenses, you have resources that are required. So in effect, you have a three to six month view into the future, which creates that predictive element. And then finally, the backlog uh, is, is something that is not yet sold uh, but is really hopefully something that you're going to sell at some point in the future. And what you're trying to do is predict, 
in the future, uh, how much is going to get pulled through. So if you put a million dollars at the top of your funnel, how much trickles down into your backlog as an eventual sale. And so we use the history and we use the tools that we put in place to really drive uh, the predictive metrics. And the benefit of that not only is is that you don't um, – you don't grow too fast or too slow and you're kind of you're right on the demand line and so you're very efficient that way but if you can create a convincing enough argument when you go to sell your business someday you're not only going to get credit for what you've done but you also get credit for the next six months to a year into the future because you've created such a great predictive model I like it so Jeff how does that change the, the reporting package at the end of a month well, it changes the reporting package at the begin at the end of the month because you have a view, and so we've always credited uh, Paul Doman at the Acker Group, one of our uh, all-star CEOs, with the ability of adding expenses and resources to the business just in time to meet the demand that's coming up through his WIP report, through his backlog, and through his his backlog. Or and that's his, a, his uh, pipeline. Sorry. No, and that and that's great. And and that's a. I mean, I I, I just when I when I can picture uh, um, you know the companies that that grow at that pretty pretty incredible pace like Accurate and some of the other companies that we've been you know blessed to work with, you know, really is understanding those and the impact to cash and the impact to the resources and so forth. And that's that's a very good point, Jeff. And as part of our process, we. Um, and we and we obviously uh, took this or you know borrowed this from EOS, the Entrepreneur Operating System. Um, you know, uh, there there is a tool that we use that kind of pulls a lot of these things together, at least summarizes it. Maybe you talk about the Vision Traction Organizer. Yeah, the Vision Traction Organizer is a tool that we use as a part of an operating system called the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And as the name points out, it's vision and then it's traction. And the beauty of the, the visionary part, which is a be part of my conclusion, conclusion comments, is it starts with the core values. And then from core values, it moves into mission. And then from mission, it moves into your core focus, which is uh, really about eliminating the, the shiny objects that are going to uh, you know, get you to, to not stay very focused on, on your goal. And then it, you talk about your niche and your three uniques and your marketing plan. Um, and you need to have all of that stuff captured in your mind and in your business plan before you start worrying about the traction piece. And the traction piece is really around that accountability as you march towards your, you know, your one-year goal and then your three-year goal and then your 10-year goal. So it's a very, very important tool and it's a 10-year strategic plan on two pages. So, uh, you know, to get something down into that, uh, that uh, condensed version, you really have to have an incredible understanding of of what you're trying to accomplish. Hey Jeff, don't we, um, and then just and from a reflection perspective, prior shows uh, two that people may want to look up is uh, John Warlow, uh, who wrote the book Built to Sell. He was on April 21st of 2014, and Bo Burlingham, who wrote uh, the book Finish Big, uh, was on I think it was April 20th of 2015. And both those have a great talk about you know kind of thinking through the plan, thinking through how you know what you want from a business. That's correct. And with that, we are going to take a break here on the second stage. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, pillars three, four, and five on the five pillars of business freedom. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it and profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick. I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. We are having a bit of a celebratory episode here. We've had 75 episodes under our belt, two and a half years, 75,000 listeners, 67 guests, and 75 original episodes, I just said. Uh, like any forum, this show will be more effective and powerful if folks contribute their experiences and ideas. We invite you to continue the discussion from each week's show on our blog, which can be found at evolutioncp.com, or you can email us at thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Right now, we're going through the five pillars of business freedom, which is our magic formula for helping small companies grow. Uh, in the first earlier segment, we talked about accurate and timely financial reporting, which is pillar one and also Achievable and Measurable Strategic Plan, which is Pillar 2. We're now going to move on to the third pillar, which is Aligned and Experienced Leadership Team. Brendan, take it away. Think about it, Jeff. We can tell everybody what's going on behind, you know, we can explain perfectly what's happened in the past. We can explain where we want to go, and we can talk about the metrics of how we're going to get there. Now all we need is the team to do it, right? So, and, and the team that is, that is, 
that that knows what they're supposed to be doing every day. So fundamentally, we you know uh, we call it a, an accountability chart. Again, took that from EOS, but it really is is getting everybody in the same room. Um, and again, I think we mentioned earlier, you know, typically when a company decides it's going to grow, it's going to need. Um, additional people sitting at the seat, it's, seat and it's going to need uh, the entrepreneur to kind of say, hey, I'm going to go back to my unique abilities, the things that I do the best that are going to drive the most value for this company. And quite frankly, it should be the thing that they enjoy the most. It typically is. And so, you know, we're going to we're going to jump right and we're going to put an accountability chart together where everybody's going to sit in the same room and they're going to acknowledge that they uh, you know that, that there's the right people in the right seat that they all get it, want it, and have the capacity to do it, and, and most importantly that they're all aligned towards the goal. Um, Jeff, this, that's uh, that always sounds so complicated and brutal, but it's it's amazing. It's it's probably one of the it may take a day or two, but it, it's probably one of the the most straightforward things in this process. You agreeing with that? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think once you get it in place, it is it is very, very freeing to provide that clarity within an organization. Uh, and it must be done before you get to that accountability uh, piece of the process because you can't hold somebody accountable until they know what they're being held accountable for. And so the accountability chart is really, really important. And Brendan, we were talking about this concept before we even had heard of EOS when we used to always ask the entrepreneur, what do you want to do when you get out of bed in the morning? Or if you had unlimited time and capital, you know, what would you be doing? Uh, those types of questions is really driving at, you know, this exact uh, concept. But it is, it is extremely helpful uh, to go through this process with the leadership team in the room uh, to get to the right answer. And our second step is there's often, and, and we, 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 we have the same thing here at Evolution, where you, you create an accountability chart and then you create a function, something that people need to do, but you don't have anybody to fill it. And so, and so the key here is, is you know, when we talk about pillar number three, is not only to have an accountability chart, but to have an accountability chart filled with somebody that, want, that gets it, wants it, and have the capacity to do it, and that everybody else, you know, trusts and believes in. And so... You know, so when you build that chart, there are you know our second or the second piece of uh, an aligned experience management team is to make sure that all of those people are that there's a, a person in every one of those boxes, and that that person fully understands and embraces what they get out of the you know when the company gets where they're going, and which is obviously their long term compensation plans, their ownerships, their options, their bonuses and salaries, and. Um, and, and so everybody understands and, and they're happy with that role because, you know, what, what we're going to talk about later is the idea of transparency. And in a lot of our companies, everybody knows kind of what's going on with all of those, with, with everybody in the team. Um, Jeff, that, as you know, um, often entrepreneurs really struggle with the concept of sharing some of that information. Uh, yeah, no, there, there's there's no question. I think that you know a lot of the 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 anxiety around doing the accountability chart is if some loyal employee or friend within the organization doesn't end up with uh, a box, so to speak, or a box that they're excited about, and um, 
you know, it's, it's, it does happen. It's, it's happened to evolutionary companies, but really the premise behind the accountability chart is to pull yourself out of your names and your roles and your status and your position and what does the business need to look like to most effectively execute on its mission. And once you get that in place, then it's literally a matter of putting the right person in the right seat that uh, is the best to, to, to do that role. And unfortunately, sometimes it's not the obvious historical choice. It's somebody completely new uh, and and may even be somebody outside the organization because what this oftentimes highlights is that the, the standards or expectations for that role are going to change. And I think what's really cool is once you get that everything on the table and you establish your core values and your purpose, so moving on kind of down the list of other things that we would define as, a, as, a, as an aligned and experienced management team, if you all share the core value and you're all chasing the same purpose, I mean, if everybody in evolution wants to inspire entrepreneurs to create evolutionary businesses, it makes life simpler. It, it, it's, you know, you, you hire and fire and, and so forth based on, um, you know, our, our core values, um, which are transparency to everyone and Embrace evolutionary businesses, always look for a better way, meticulous dedication to process and, and passion for possi- possibilities, you know, it makes life easier. Um, and so, you know, that's the glue, the core, the, the, the bones of the organization. And then we couple that with the fact that typically in a small growing organization, you need outside influence. As Bud Bryan always say, all uh, profound knowledge comes from the outside. And so, we then ask that every, you know, that our that our teams, you know, create an advisory board with true outsiders. I mean, they often include customers, suppliers, uh, you know, people that know the industry, and you know, we'll do just about anything to get those people in a room two or three times, four times a year to kind of share their thoughts and comments on and, and ideas on our businesses. And you know, um, Jeff, it's those things take time and take dedication and you know and, and, and you and I didn't just fall into this this has taken a long time to kind of develop and we're sharing it like for free with all of our <laughs> listeners <laughs> but I mean we literally it's you know we look back on the fact we've been doing this for a long time and you look at the successful companies and they're in there the, the the CEO's always reaching out he's always asking for for help he's oh you know not just the CEO it could be the entire management team but it really is a, a pretty neat organization or really neat structure and uh, again we're happy to to talk about that sort of thing right and we had an expert on our show Jeff DeGraff he's been a guest on our show a couple times but the one where he specifically talks about advisory boards was done on September 28th of 2015 if you'd like to download uh, that show quickly Brendan before we move on to transparency which is the fourth pillar, what is the biggest problem that you typically see when putting together an accountability chart? What, what is the biggest uh, mistake made? Hmm, that's an interesting one. I would say, I, I don't, it's fine, I don't know where you're taking me here, but um, I would say the biggest... <laughs> I have an biggest, answer, so... <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm going to take a stab at it, and then you can okay. tell me I'm wrong. I would say the, the biggest thing about the accountability chart is, is that when you're filling it in, you've you got to fill it in based on what's needed, not what's kind of in the room. But how would you answer that? I think, yeah, I think it's a very good one. And, and maybe this is the same response, just different wording, um, that you, you have, you're trying to fit a job into a person as opposed to a person into a job. That's perfect. That's right. And, and they're typically a, 
if you have a wonderful person that meets your core values or tends to be there, you can tend to find a spot for them, uh, but it may not be the spot that they have always played or want to play. And that, 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 that brings things to light. So, right. Yep. That's exactly right. Okay. So, uh, the, we, we finished first pillar accurate and timely financial reporting finished pillar two, which is achievable and measurable strategic plan. We finished pillar three, which is aligned and experienced leadership team. And you don't really finish I just for this show, for purposes of this show. And then pillar four now is transparency. My favorite, Jeff, one of my favorite, well, it's one of my five top favorite pillars is transparency. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a- it's our first core value, transparency okay, to everyone. But I'll, I'll say for me, I think transparency, or at least how we define it, is probably one of the most critical in scaling your business, in my mind, in terms of what it means of sharing information uh, and uh, helping everybody understand how they fit in the organization and how they make an impact so that even though an owner may have an open door policy, there's not this long line waiting out the door for one person to make a decision that everybody makes a decision and you eliminate that, that bottleneck of the fact that there's only 24 hours in a day. It's true. And, and, that, and, that, and that can jump right to the second thing, which is when we talked about a little bit in, in uh, kind of finding the right leadership team. And it's, you know, if you have a core value or in, in, uh, you have core values that you, that you live by and you have a purpose or a mission that's, that's regularly communicated and people can tell that the senior management lives, you know, lives and makes decisions by those things, it, it, it makes the transparency piece so much easier and so much uh, you know, some, with so much more impact, it's it's uh, pretty fantastic. That's Jeff, right. This, sound, this this sounds pretty overwhelming, though. You know, you know, you got all these crazy things. I mean, how do you how do you get how do you start on that? How do you start on transparency? Yeah, or core yeah, values. Yeah. yeah, and then I was leading you to, you know, EOS or another uh, or another oh. process. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's overwhelming how. You know, you you think you listen. If you went through and listened to every one of the shows, every single person out there, you know, that, that talked, they they're experts in their field. They know what they're talking about. Everything sounds like a great idea, and it is. But what EOS does, or Gazelles, or these other processes does, is that it 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 gives you a framework to work these things into the process, and, and it lets you kind of take them off in, in bite sized pieces instead of just shoveling them in. And, and most entrepreneurs that we know, you know, they're, they're just excited to take it, and they shovel it in, and then nothing gets done. And so, you know, transparency—it's very important to run a process because it creates a common language. That's exactly right. Very good point. Uh, there was a great episode on core values by Bud Bryan, uh, one of the great entrepreneurs of all time in my book, uh, and that was on uh, December 9th of 2013. And then we had a great episode uh, with some entrepreneurs from Squeeze In, the best omelets uh, in the United States. Uh, we had Shyla Morris on on that sh- episode. April 27th, 2015, and she talked about major processes and procedures and how they're documented and followed by all. Um, so we're, because we're running out of time, I want to get make sure we spend enough time on the, the fifth pillar, which is accountability. Uh, and, and obviously, given everything we've talked about, accountability is, is the cornerstone for making progress. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think accountability is is the is the biggest is the biggest thing that comes out of all of the things we've talked about, and and I think what's so neat about it is, you know, whether it's whether we're talking about you know one of our partner companies or we're giving advice to an entrepreneur, um, it, when you implement the first four, the 
the accountability thing becomes just so much more obvious. I mean, you, you know who's getting the things done that they're supposed to get done, and, and, it, and you know that they, that they knew they were supposed to get them done, and, they, and you gave them lots of opportunities to raise their hand and say they needed help. And uh, all of those things are, you know, are, are available in these processes, right, Jeff? Yeah, and, and I tell you, EOS does bring things to a head very, very quickly because we had talked about uh, before about the vision traction organizer, the VTO, and the traction piece of that is really uh, quarterly goals and then weekly scorecards, which really are meant to create that weekly check-in with the rest of the leadership team so that you know uh, or highlighted very quickly if you're off track and you're not going to hit your goal do you need more resources? Are you the wrong person? Uh, is it a bad goal? You know, those kinds of things need to be addressed, but it brings things to a head very, very quickly. But you feel very accountable. I know that every week, come Friday, if I'm behind on my scorecard, I'm in a bit of a panic. And uh, it's, it's good to feel that way to a certain degree, because if you miss your weekly progress towards your quarterly goal, then uh, you jeopardize the annual goal. Um, and, and because sometimes it doesn't work out, we did an episode with uh, Todd Palmer on February 3rd of 2014. Uh, and I was really talking about how to ease people out of your organization that either aren't fitting your core values or are the wrong people in the wrong seats. Um, I did want to save a, uh, a little bit of time here, Brendan, for us to reflect on each one of these pillars, but also uh, what we've learned, what our big takeaways are of the last 75 episodes, and talk a little bit more about you know, the, the future episodes. You want to lead? <laughs> well, to me, I think that the, the first pillar, uh, you know, they're all important, but I think the first pillar is the one that you really have to push to get done the quickest and first, because without that, uh, the rest of this about uh, transparency and, and accountability and predictive metrics and strategic plan are almost impossible to get done and be useful. And it's the one we get the most resistance on, interestingly enough. You know what I mean? Well, to your point earlier, uh, it's, it, it's not only is it a never-ending process, but it's really, really hard. And that's really why we get resistance is because we start getting that logic, was it so bad before? Uh, and only when they get to a certain point and they get the benefit of all of it do they realize how great it can be and that they can really think about working on their business, not just in their business. So, and 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 to kind of jump in there, you know, as I reflect back on the shows, and I and, and every single time we 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 get we hang up, and I, and I beat the, and I hit this a little earlier, we say, what a great what a great show, what a great what a great content. And I think what's so neat about the five pillars, and not to pat ourselves on the back, but we've you know we've made a lot of mistakes, and we've tried to document them and so forth, and get a little bit better every day. But I think what's so neat about the five pillars is it is a process to to incorporate everything that you want to incorporate, and and it, and it lets you take these the, the bite size, and then and and so and what's really neat about if you think about how we've done that, Jeff, is we've reached out to a lot of people and asked them what they thought, and they tweak and we tweak and we spin and we test and we try to get a little bit better, and what I would say is that. You know, it's overwhelming to run these little businesses. This is a process that will help you start and, and, and get closer to the finish. And then my last piece of information would be feel free to reach out and ask anybody. If you think about the, the people that have been on this show, 
we've asked them to give it an hour or more of their time and they've done it willingly. So as an entrepreneur, it's a great, wonderful community. Reach out, touch them. People will always, almost always help you out. That's right. So I, I got three takeaways. I want your three quick takeaways. Mine are how important core values are, how important an operating system and leveraging that can be to help you go faster and never stop learning. Those are all good ones. I, uh, I've, as you can find, it's hard to believe I've kind of incorporated mine all into my my pitches throughout this whole thing. But one was the best job ever. One, the second one is this. You know, the, this community wants to help. And number three is the five pillars will give you the path for passion for possibilities. <laughs> We want to thank everybody for listening to the first 75 episodes. And Brent and I look forward to doing, uh, I guess, the next 74 episodes because we did uh, uh, 76 right now. But it's been a real pleasure uh, working not only with our guests, but uh, hopefully making a difference in the the professional lives of of our listeners. So we want to thank you. And we look forward to uh, our our show next week uh, with... Uh, who is our show next week with Brennan? I've totally forgotten. Oh, uh, uh, Allie Harding. Um, she's going to talk about entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurs are wired to avoid exit planning. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Thank you for tuning in this week to the second stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.